Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm here along with co-host Steve, and we have some very special guests with us today. Uh, we have Amanda with us again, and also <laughs> uh, turtle expert Jordan Gray, who are joining us from uh, Georgia, more specifically Tybee Island, which is a barrier island off the coast of Georgia, as I, as I already said. Um, I'm really excited about this. It kind of reminds me of the end of Boogie Nights when Burt Reynolds and Heather Graham are sitting in the back of the limo and they're going to make film history right here on video. I was thinking that out you... here. I was like, how can we make this like Boogie? It's one total. <laughs> no, don't do that. You have too much respect for Amanda to make this like Boogie Nights. Um, that would be really inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So um, we are basically um, right now waiting for our guests to um, kind of hit the um, uh, kind of, I don't know, get out there and look for... Hit the pavement. Yeah, yeah, upon the pavement um, and uh, look for nesting diamondback terrapin females. And they have a lot of exciting things that they've been seeing out there. And although it's been kind of rainy... Um, we're hoping that they can get out there, show us some live animals. Um, there's also some sad things that they've been seeing out there that they want to report to us. And um, all in all, I think this should be an amazing show. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thank Thanks you for having, having us. Yeah. So, so what's going on right now? Uh, Jordan, can you explain like where you guys are and, and what where you are in the process right now? Uh, yeah, as as, so... Um, just for tonight? Yeah, so... Uh, as part of the TERPS, the Terrapin Educational Research Program of Savannah, um, we are out here looking for Dimeback Terrapin females who may be crossing the road, may need a helping hand um, to get to where they're going because they're out here searching for nests. Uh, we are right smack in the middle of nesting season. Here in Georgia, that would be um, normally early May to early July. This year started a little early, actually, uh, just because it's been warm all over the nation. Um, we started in late April this year. It's a bit of an anomaly. Um, but either way, uh, Amanda and I <coughs> found a lot of females coming up to nest last night. Uh, we really feel tonight's going to be very productive. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see a turtle or two. It's still a little early. The tide's still coming up. Um, but we've had some precipitation. It's actually uh, sprinkling right now, and that's normally a really good environment. We're, we're just... This is my first time here doing this. I've worked with Diamondback Terrapins in Cape Cod. Um, I worked with just uh, Malaclemys Terrapin Terrapin, which are the northern Diamondbacks. And so coming here and experiencing this whole scene is, is completely different, even though they live in salt marshes just like they do, um, you know, in Cape Cod. It's just a completely different dynamic. It's so much more, like, almost tropical to me. And, and it's just like, you know, they're everywhere out here. In, in Cape Cod, I guess the populations must be just so much smaller and more secluded because, you know, we've, we've seen so many terrapins. We were out yesterday in the, in the water uh, per scening and we got four terrapins out of the water there and then me and Jordan like he was saying found I'd say at least like 12 females last night just on the go 
Mm -hmm. uh, so it's been really, really amazing. This is probably one of my favorite things I've ever done, like in terms of, of working with turtles. So it's been really awesome. Um, honestly, right now, since she brought up Tropical, the only thing I have in my head is Madonna uh, Bonita. <laughs> That's all another story. Um, yes. So uh, if y'all need the lyrics, uh, PM me. Um, but uh, so we're on a stretch of road right now, kind of watching and waiting. Uh, I feel like a, a sniper and Amanda's my spotter. Um, just waiting for any female terrapins that might come up and cross the road. Um, so we drove this road. It's just a little uh, service road mm -hmm. back and forth last night. And every pass we made, we found terrapins, and they were new terrapins each time. And we're talking about five minutes in between. Terrapin wow. was a new terrapin. Um, so like Amanda was saying, there's a lot of terrapins out here. Um, uh, Dimeback terrapins are a species of special concern in Georgia. A uh, group of us uh, worked to get them listed as such in 2006. Um, does that mean they're particularly rare overall? No. Um, they are quite plentiful in some areas. However, um, they can easily uh, see their numbers um, decline due to anthropogenic human-induced impact, um, like crab traps, uh, road mortality, boat propellers, uh, fike nets, um, all sorts of things, uh, because the salt marsh is a place where uh, the environment and humans are all the time. Um, it's a productive ecosystem. It's also a place where people come to have fun. Terrapins uh, are heavily affected by and so having them as a special concern gives them a status level um, that elevates them to a position where um, human impacts can be uh, mitigated through legislation and th so through uh, uh, Department of Natural Resource uh, rules on the species uh, and the such. Mm -hmm. And now there's a little kitty walking over yes, there. Yes, I'm starting to realize this is like a like literally a cat like village because there's little like huts that somebody made for the cats. And it's like, like an Ewok village. It really is. No, cats. like look at the little palms. There's, there's like, a little it's wicket. A yeah, it's like the medicine doctor, the witch doctor over there, whatever. Yeah, you know how to speak all... Ewok, right? You just walk around going, yeah. oh, oh, wait, 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 not them? Isn't no, that, that was wrong. They just go jib jib. Everywhere, they just go jib jib. And then they eat little they biscuits. They say little things. No, they go, whoa, blah, blah. Steve, come on. How do you speak Ewok? Good question for him, yeah. Yeah. I do not speak Ewok, I'm sorry. Oh, what? I think you secretly do. You just Interesting. Don't want it. Oh yeah. No, speak, uh, I'm no. a little. I'm a little better with with Jawa, but you know. It takes a man to admit. Oh, that. I think I might have been speaking Jawa. Jawas are like. Blah, 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 blah. We were just in the mountains of, yeah, and it was Ewok nonstop. Yeah. I guess. It takes a man to admit that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that we were in the mountains of Pennsylvania as a group of men, or that we could speak Ewok. We were so, in the mountains of Pennsylvania as men. Turtles break people together. Yeah. They really do. Yeah, they do. So, um, so I'll, uh, let me just fill everyone in on Terps a minute. So, uh, Terp, Terrapin, 
research program of Savannah, we began in um, 2004 at Atlantic State University, which is now Armstrong State University. And uh, uh, Dr. Catherine Craven, um, the department head, Dr. Ken Relia, and myself started this program uh, to help uh, bring awareness to and uh, work on mitigating uh, the terrapin losses on the causeway. Uh, the program was developed based on the model created by Dr. Roger Wood at the Wetlands Institute. Uh, hey, Dr. Wood. Um, yeah, so Dr. Wood uh, was a, always a hero of mine in the turtle world. Um, and, uh, you know, we see each other at conferences all the time. Uh, we're good pals who talk like once a year, once every two years. That's a good friend. Um, no. um, so, uh, Those are on like first name basis. Yeah, right? That's first, as long as you're first name, you don't even need to talk to each other. Seriously. That's um, better than me. I just stalk him. It's like, yeah, it's like the uh, best in show. Sometimes we can talk or not talk for hours. Um, but uh, so we started this program uh, initially to collect females off the road. Uh, who are live and get them in the way they're going, or to um, if be injured. And is gravid, so she uh, needs to be induced. Um, typically during treatment, um, you don't want the eggs to stay in there too long because calcification could continue. The eggs could adhere uh, to her um, oviducts because uh, their oviducts are just a very, very thin membrane. Um, and then also, uh, you don't want to have them have the stress of having those eggs inside while they're trying to heal. So uh, one of the first things is getting those eggs out. Uh, for Dimeback Terrapins, uh, oxytocin and calcium are the combo that are used. Some species will... Uh, will uh, deposit well with just oxytocin, but Dr. Terry Norton at the Georgia Sea Turtle Center has found that oxytocin and calcium is the best combo for inducing uh, Dimeback Terrapins as well as post-recovery. That's where that calcium is important for post-recovery. Um, what else? I was going to ask you a question, um, I, I, yeah. just to backtrack, and I, I apologize. I'm excited that you wanted to tell us about Terps, too, because that was uh, the program, because I, that was something that I didn't think to ask, and obviously is a great way to segue into everything that we're going to talk about. But mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that you saw a cat crossing the road and that you've seen mm -hmm. several cats. Is that um, a, a, an animal that's known to be a predator of diamondbacks, or is that just something that I assume would be known to be? Um, uh, they're a predator of reptiles and amphibians and birds and insects. Definitely diamondback terrapins, not of the adult females. Um, I think a cat would act like uh, you put a, a cucumber next to it if you put a terrapin next to it. Um, <laughs> anybody who's seen those I YouTube love videos? That video. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. Um, I know. I think I saw one the other day that was watching one of the females last night. Actually, it was just kind of like, it's like a moving <laughs> rock. Like, what yeah. is that? But I think definitely the hatchlings um, are, are hatchlings compromised become quite, quite a food. bit. You know, producing the smell and they're watching. They're going to be slippery and and all over. This. And I think that's 
author or, you know, definitely going to be food. They probably wouldn't go for the eggs, right? Like um, a raccoon would or something. Yeah, they, there's a chance they would go for the eggs. Typically, that's not as much cat behavior. Cats are focusing on movement, mm -hmm. and they want something they can play with first uh, <laughs> and kill, and then, or uh, play with kill and eat. Yeah. Um, but uh, the eggs, um, they'll be they'll be dug up by other subsidized predators. So sure. subsidized predators would be things like raccoons, skunks, possums. Uh, crows, grackles, anything that have actually uh, seen their numbers increase due to human activity, uh, mostly because people put up trash, people have cat food in their backyard, dog food in their backyard. Or development of their habitat. Just yeah, and they them. kind of like yeah. push into these little areas. Uh, all those are, are predators of dimeback terrapin nests and hatchlings um, and potentially uh, adult females. Um, we found adult females out here with uh, uh, sometimes multiple limbs chewed off. Um, and we also have mink out here. Mink are really common out here. Uh, North American river otters are common out here. Uh, mink would be predators of hatchlings and juveniles. Um, North American river otters, uh, they're a top predator in most of their habitats. So uh, they, can, they can easily work around in adult terrapin. And I've seen a lot of otters out here. Um, but, uh, even Eastern king snakes, we have Eastern king snakes here and they oh, yeah, love they, turtle eggs. They They'll just, mm -hmm. uh, take their nose, get down into that nest. Swallow. Wow. That's really interesting. Anthony, you look captivated. I am captivated. I really am. <laughs> this, is my cap this is my captivated face. <laughs> so I'm wondering because we've been um, we've been in the field with with you before, Jordan, and um, I know that when you're <laughs> I'm there, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Honestly, it's such a thrill. It's such a it honestly, I, it's it's I terrific. I can't yes. imagine. So, honestly, the the he for anyone who is wondering, uh, Jordan is really a a, um, a an interesting fellow. If you couldn't tell already, he's super knowledgeable. He's uh, looks like a young. Uh, James Dean and also um, is quite funny. Um, he Anthony has a huge, biggest crush on. George. I do. I have a humongous <laughs> man crush. Now listen, for the record, though, I have like forty man crushes. Okay, okay. and they're all oh, yeah. they're it's all attractive. Not a small list. That Henry Cavill. Not a small list. That guy's handsome. We've talked about this before, and usually <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just based on intelligence. You know what I mean? Like you know, Peter Pritchard's on the list and things like that. So. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I'm going to drive so, a little, by the way, just to see if we can spot any turtles that yeah. may be coming up. Great. Yeah, let's uh, – yeah, definitely. Please do. But I wanted to say – Please, I was please do drive. Yeah, please do drive. Please yeah. find let, turtles. Let We're here to find oh, turtles. Oh, find turtles. Okay. <laughs> Tell me to shut up if you see something Fine. cool. Let's just have a whole segment about man crushes. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? We've yeah, done it before. Be We've done it before. <laughs> but when you're in the field – You know you, what? I, I think a lot of your success is due to your alter ego um, – when when you kind of get into that mode and start going into Gus Chiggins mode, and I was wondering if you could tell people about that at all. If you'd be interested I've in never been that. in no mode like that before. <laughs> I've looked for turtles high and I've looked for turtles low. Oh ain't nobody ain't seen a turtle I don't know. <laughs> I've been called lazy and kooky and stupid and Chinese. The one thing I ain't never been caught is dumb. Oh my god. 
<laughs> oh wait, that's that Gus Jiggins. Okay. That Gus Jiggins. <laughs> Glad we were talking about the same one. This is amazing. Hey, let's show them the habitat out here. Yeah, this let's is do freaking that. gorgeous. Yeah, let's do, do that. Let's, let's do, do that. that, please. Let's do that. That was amazing. That I'm was... gonna go prospecting in this year, mud. Oh my how many how many episodes are we at, Steve? Is this twenty six today? This is twenty six, live from the marsh, looking for diamond right. with turns log. Twenty six. I just want to say twenty six episodes, and I can say with confidence that that was by far my most favorite moment on the podcast ever. Good. Yeah. So, uh, can you all see this habitat? Wow. Yes. See some sky. Right. Oh, Amanda, hello. So, yeah, I found Amanda out here. Um, so, this is the salt marsh, uh, which surrounds the island you're actually looking Can y'all see the island, Fun? Mm, kind of. Okay, I see well, and by fine, I mean that, that dark green strip about uh, uh, two miles away. Okay. That I see is, a horizon. Okay. Oh, is that like, oh, that's like philosophical. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, Little Tybee Island. We have Williamson Island. We have Tybee Island. Um, and that makes up uh, uh, the Tybee and Little Tybee Complex. Now, uh, the Little Tybee Island is actually larger than Tybee Island. It must have been... Uh, named by Americans, because we can't name anything, right? Um, <laughs> dr driving on a parkway and parking on a driveway. That's why, that's why that, if we didn't come over here for religious freedom, the, the Brits kicked all the weirdos out. Um, so um, so uh, this is all, all this green you see out here. Where did Amanda go? Oh, there she is. Uh, she's wearing a Komodo dragon shirt. Yeah, what a turtle lover. Um, but uh, all this expanse you see out here is predominantly Spartina alterniflora, which is the salt marsh cordgrass. Um, and then we have, can you all see this other foliage down here? Yeah. Yep. So yep. the ones with the yellow flowers right in front of me, that is called sea oxide daisy. Um, then we also, uh, the next layer behind them, we have... Uh, uh, needle rush or spike rush um, and then you have a lot of other coastal plants you have the uh, uh, sable palm right there um, we also have some uh, juniper in the area um, but all this makes up edge habitat at the salt marsh but the and Amanda and I were talking about this earlier there's Amanda again just in case anybody forgot that she was here um, the Spartina alterniflora is the keystone species of the salt marsh. Uh, Amanda and I were discussing keystone uh, species just a little bit ago. Here, I'll bring it over. So here's Amanda again. So we were discussing keystone species a little bit ago. Um, she asked me if I thought Dimeback terrapins were a keystone species. Uh, I said no. Um, I stick with that, and I'll stick with it to the day that... Uh, I get put in a nursing home and have my diaper changed and eat pudding. Um, Jordan, let me pause you there. Yeah. Um, let's quick, you know, talk let's to our viewers about about three things: why they aren't the keystone species, what a keystone species is, and then I think it's a good time to also mention the term umbrella species, which is slightly different mm -hmm. than a keystone species. Yes. Yeah, so the, 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 definitely the um, 
the conclusion that we kind of came to is that terrapins are like the pandas of the salt marsh. I also <laughs> now realize why they made selfie sticks. I know. Um, I got one for that reason. Wait, you have one? No, with me. No. So she doesn't have a <laughs> selfie stick. She doesn't have a turtle shirt. She doesn't yep. have a turtle room hat. Right. You you all like hired this girl. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm just about to like boot her on the side of the road. Get your own way home. She already is. Um, okay. So I was really hoping I would have gotten you your hat by today, but they're not done yet. Yeah. So instead, I have an American Turtle Observatory hat with a Clemmie's Gutata on there. I like that hat. Um, and I have my TSA Drink Beer Save Turtles. That's a great shirt. Shirt. Amanda, of course, again, a Komodo you know dragon. I love this shirt. I don't care. <laughs> um, okay, so keystone species. A keystone species is one that uh, other species either rely upon or significantly um, have an, has an impact upon them. Um, ooh, in the ecosystem. Um, so the out here in the salt marsh, Pretty much everything relies upon the Spartina alterna flora, whether it be for food, whether it be for marsh stability, whether it be for uh, places to hide. Without this Spartina alterna flora, oxygen in the water. Ooh, oxygen in the water. Um, that is good because salt marshes have. There's a lot of anoxic space in the salt marsh, um, so uh, low to no oxygen. So they're really important. Um, Dimeback terrapins, are they important? Absolutely. Are they a keystone species? No, I don't believe so. Reason being, um, Amanda was saying, well, they're... There, I had to change my phone. Okay, so the, could they be a keystone species because they feed on per periwinkle snails? Um, they prey upon them. They're a predator mm -hmm. of them but they're not the only predator of them. If you remove the dimeback terrapin, will it make a significant impact on the periwinkle population? I don't really think so. Um, as long as the blue crab uh, is still in the marsh, uh, periwinkles still have a, a dominant predator. Um, now, here in Georgia, fiddler crabs, you know, the little guys that just walk around That's and are so like... Cute. Oh, yeah. That's a great impression, too. Yeah, the big claw. Uh, they um, uh, they are the predominant food item for. There's some dogs in the background. Oh, what kind of dogs do we have? Those are some cute dogs. We're doing a live podcast right now <laughs> from the Salt Marsh. Look at those dogs. So cute. Oh my goodness, you are as cute as Zac Efron. Another man crush. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's top 60, top 60 for me, yeah. Uh, Anthony, I like how on the feed now is just your profile picture. Um, oh, you're welcome. But uh, I, I, like, I like that turtle you're holding. Uh, either way, so, um, so uh, what are we talking about? Oh, a fiddler crab right here. Oh, there's a fiddler crab. Amanda's <laughs> going to catch it. It's a little female fiddler crab, it looks like, from here. All right, so there's a little... Uh, oh, it is a young little male. So it's a small male fiddler crab. Um, and the fiddler crab has one large claw, and they use that for displaying. Uh, females do use the claw. The males use it for territorial display. 
as well as to attract females and ward off other males. That is the predominant food source for terrapins in Georgia, the fiddler crab. Do they eat periwinkles? Absolutely. Do they prefer fiddler crabs? Totally. Um, so, um, so are they a keystone species here? No, I don't believe so. So then Steve brought up, what about umbrella species? Yes, I think they're no species. Why? Okay, if, we, if there was an audience in front of us and we said, who all love, would love to just pick up and hold a blade of small turnaflora? Grass or the turban? <laughs> people love the grass, okay? Once again, it's beautiful. But if you want to pick a species in which to... to Oh, have a t-shirt of course i was gonna say like help preserve the ecosystem she goes straight to money <laughs> what a money hog um even though she can't even afford a t-shirt with a turtle on it um so uh so yeah <laughs> you like that one right so uh if uh what was i even talking about so umbrella species so if you have the diamondback terrapin which is a beautiful and enigmatic species uh, which hopefully we'll find ones. Then, uh, as an umbrella species in which everybody else in the marsh benefits from you helping to protect that species. Um, so that's that's what more so an umbrella species would be. Like if the habitat itself is protected, if they if they put you know a law down and says something about like you are not allowed to collect animals from this habitat because of the terrapins, or um, I know that Jordan and the Terps program are trying to work on helping with the restoration of the roads that these terrapins are being uh, slaughtered on. And we'll kind of touch on that next. Um, if they put barriers on that road, if they extend the roads so that people can swerve the animals better, not only are terrapins <coughs> going to benefit from that, but we saw armadillos dead on the road. We saw possums dead on the road. A lot of other different species dead on these roads that are really a huge problem. People are going fast. Tons of tourists coming in. Um, all these animals are moving across these roads, and if barriers are put up to protect the terrapins or the roads are extended so that people can swerve animals better, they're going to be swerving those other animals too. So, you know, people don't want to probably protect possums as much as they want to protect terrapins, but by protecting them, you can make like a meal. Please, that's actually who made the. Uh, the Friday video and get him on that. That's bad. No, it would be amazing. I think I, I, I've actually had that idea for way too long, like of a music video where we're just looking around for turtles while Amanda talks, by the way, or something. And we could just be like on the streets being like, stop for turtles, yo, stop for turtles, stop for turtles, yo, stop for something like that. You know? Uh, it's now a rap song. <laughs> Why haven't we done that yet? I was gonna, I know, right? We could do it as a country song too. Um, I still have a lot of Isla Bonita in my head, honestly. I was thinking, actually, you know the song by Taylor Swift, Shake It Off? Yeah, I've we already been wanting to make a video of that. Oh, do that. I know it? Be like, break <laughs> something, like break, break your car, break your car. Wait, you want me to think of it right now? But the turtle's gonna... No, because the turtle wants to lay, 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 lay. And you just gotta say, hey, 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 hey. Pick it up, pick it up. Oh, I like that. Break your car, break your car. Wow. <laughs> He's almost too good at this. I know. He I know. Really it's is. amazing. Like this is the what's going to save the turtles for this generation. I agree. 
They this didn't terrorize Um. <laughs> does anybody have some awesome questions for us? I, w I was wondering if we could see your cooler. Oh, the cooler. Okay. I, I have to give um, a disclaimer. And this is not like the cooler like, like in cool, Vegas. Cool. Yeah, this is not like okay. a It's not a good cooler. Uh, this is... So, Amanda and I just drove the causeway, which is, uh, we drove about a uh, six-mile segment, and um, it goes through the Salt Marsh. The causeway has been here since the 1920s. Um, there weren't as many cars, nor were the cars as uh, well-equipped to go at high uh, speeds back then. Um, now there's a lot of beach traffic. You have uh, very heavy cars, very fast cars. Uh, turtles are not much match for them. Um, we just collected 21 carcasses of uh, females and a juvenile terrapin. Uh, juvenile terrapins are subject to uh, being hit on the roads as well because they will disperse um, at about three, between three and four years old. They start dispersing to go uh, find their uh, permanent... Find their place in the world. Oh. Find their purpose. Gosh, that was beautiful. <laughs> it's like humans, you know? Just got to get out there, find yourself. They want to find themselves. It's like that college age. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we, we collected 21 carcasses. Now, why do we collect the carcasses? Um, we need them as vouchers. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because uh, what a voucher will do, when we get a GPS coordinate on this animal, the voucher proves that we're taking that coordinate. We didn't just. Did we lose them this time? Uh, they are there in case people in the future need them for a purpose. Um, uh, so we're going to show you that cooler. Okay. Now, I'll give a disclaimer first. Um, it's, just, it's highly graphic. Yes, so everyone knows this is graphic, and it's um, these are dead animals that Bloody. were found. But just to show proof that this just happened, I'm a and little... And that it's a huge problem. I'm a little uneasy getting ready to see it myself because yeah, obviously it's sad as a, as a turtle lover and, and a lover of rare yeah, turtles. It was, yeah. it was honestly, I mean, I've been working with turtles for a long time out in the field. I've seen a lot of DORs, but this, you know, just, I think we were out there like, what, 20, 30 minutes? And to pick up, because Jordan made me do it, um, to scrape With off, Amanda, it was honestly the longest 20, 30 minutes of my life. I was quick, dude. I was <laughs> out there. Um, Five hours. It was, I was really good at it. No, um, she, she was good to have because I would stop the car and sit there thinking about my bill for my new brakes and she would jump out of the car and uh, get the turtles put them in the cooler I'd get the GPS coordinate and boom we yeah. were off um, and so this was like just a really eye-opening experience for me to actually have my hands on these animals counting them as we went you know just kind of being a part of that and realizing that this was just in one day so we'll show you what we found here in our little cooler of death pretty horrible. Uh, so mm. inside here are 20, uh, 21 dead terrapins, uh, all, all of them being female. And basically... In the one little juvenile. Yeah, she was cute. And they're just decimated. Um, 
and it's pretty sad. And you can see there's actually some egg material right there. Oh, yeah. Um, where mm -hmm. a female who was gravid was killed. And I saw some eggs on the road for sure. Now, what's interesting when we look at this, this is so this population has been subject to these this road mortality for a long time. Obviously, there's still turtles that are surviving. Take a look at some of these uh, top females. Uh, this one here, those are fire ants, by the way, so I'm not going to stick my nose in there. Uh, this female and this female. All of the uh, scoot annuli, the rings here, are very prominent. These are all fairly young females, probably in their eh, between first and third nesting seasons. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so it shows that young females are getting uh, nailed. The thing is, so this turtle right here, it's difficult to see. Uh, she has a lot less of those uh, annuli showing, so she's an older specimen. So we have young females and older females uh, getting hit on the causeway. Um, I personally have marked turtles out here and then found them subsequently uh, hit by cars and other so some years successfully and then uh, other years you to be all horrible that All right. People go to the um, beach starting in April through August, and that's when these turtles are moving. That's when they're nesting. Is that's their prime time. So unfortunately. People and terrapins have the same exact prime time where they're moving through that, that causeway. And unfortunately, terrapins don't have cars. They don't have educational materials that they can hand out to one another. Like, hey, we're not going to be using that causeway because our friends are dying out there. Like, they have no way of, of, you know, changing their behavior. So we're the only ones that can do that, that can educate people, that can change our behavior uh, or change our methods or our roads to help them. So... I feel like terrapins are definitely a little bit more at risk for road mm -hmm. mortality than mm -hmm. your average species. And that was just completely eye-opening. That's why we do what we do is because 21 females in one day, that's, that's, that's terrible. And it's not even, that's not even a, a, a high number, right? Is that average, would you say? That's, that's the look around. That's, here, that's our swirl fee for the yeah. giant. <laughs> um, but, um, there, there's the lighting. There, so y'all can get the marsh in the background. Here we go. Yeah, that's a good idea. Come on over here, Minder. Yeah. We got people watching us. Oh, yeah. Hi. Um, what other questions y'all have? Obviously, we have not seen any turtles coming up yet. Yeah. Um, it's not like we've just been holding back and not, not told y'all. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch over there, but we don't really care. 
Is this um, normally what you'd be doing, just kind of hanging out in that spot and kind of watching from a yeah, from a good viewing it perspective? Might be worthwhile though. Do you think walking down there might might be? Yeah, we could worthwhile? take a we could take a little walk down. Um, I can turn off my car because my parents always get upset when my car gets stolen. <laughs> <laughs> so how many times has that actually happened so far? Hey, let's not throw numbers into this thing. <laughs> Um, I do have a good question for you, maybe, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, when we were planning this, uh, we were, you know, trying... We normally do Monday nights, as most of our audience is aware. Mm -hmm. um, but we had to consider some uh, some tidal conditions, weather conditions, as we were planning this. So what was it about today that made today a better choice for our going live than, say, tomorrow or yesterday? All I heard was, Jordan, we need all of your trade secrets. Um... No, those are fantastic questions. So, um, tonight is going to be what's called a spring tide. Um, so, where the water springs up, it's going to be with the wind factor about a 9.5 foot tide. Um, you're going to, you're not even going to be, all that grass that we just looked at, you're not going to be able to see that. It's going to be covered. Uh, the terrapins love that because it's able to basically just lift them up. Mm -hmm to where they need to go to nest. If anything, it gets them moving, too, because, like, if, they, if it's a night where they're going to be kind of sessile, kind of resting, nothing's going to really be able to stay still during such a such a strong tide. So when they're moving already, they're going to be stimulated to go and, and nest. Absolutely. Um, and then we've had a little bit of rain. Uh, that is a fantastic trigger for nesting. Uh, pretty simple. It softens the soil. Uh, makes digging a lot less laborious. Um, you know, nesting, um, if, if you nest on a hot day, the uh, for an ectothermic, a cold-blooded creature. You know all you viewers out there, you know what he's talking about. You when know you what I'm nest, talking about. It's just the pain. Uh, <laughs> it's dry. So many people watching have had lots of problems nesting. I'm sure they do. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, dry ground, hard ground sun beating down on you, uh, it's much easier on the females uh, to have uh, cooler conditions after rain, soft soils. Um, like I always say for all animals, energy is key and, and they're all about saving energy. They're all about cutting you know, down on how much energy they have to expend. And so if they're going to have an easy time doing something and if they're going to be able to do it without expending a lot of energy, they're very frugal about energy, so that's going to be really perfect for them. That's mm -hmm. not a, anything in the road, is it? Your turtle. Let's check it out. So we're going to go check out something, make sure another turtle didn't get hit. It can happen so quickly. Is that a turtle? Oh, no. It's a hat! It's a hat! Um, Does it have a turtle in it? Well, that's so good. It, there's no turtle in it. I was hoping it was a turtle T-shirt so we could give something Amanda to wear. Um, <laughs> Komodo dragons, come on. Komodo awesome. dragons are so old. They're yeah, so old. it's they're so played old out. school. Yeah, yeah they're, they're played out for sure. There's just a big lazy lizard who smells like sheep and onions. Um, so here's the. Uh, I'm gonna show you all something. So. Uh, we're coming upon a boat ramp. Um, this is uh, Dimeback Terrapins do 
like boat ramps. It's very simple. Yeah, makes it's sense. A, what's that? I was saying it makes sense because of the obviously the yeah. ramp is made obviously easy for them to just walk right out of the water. Absolutely. So can you all see how beautiful that is? Oh, it's gorgeous, man. Love that sun. Yeah. So that is that's called the Lazaretto Creek. At high tide, it is about 20 to 25 feet deep. Um, at low tide, it's about 14 feet deep. That's um, and so uh, Amanda and I were here uh, earlier, and we saw several females uh, in the water at the boat ramp here. But I'm going to bring it over and show you all something. So we were talking about umbrella species. We were talking about keystone species. Um, can you all see this? Oh, yeah. Yep. So we have uh, watching out for manatees, uh, watching out for right whales. Mm. Okay, so those are what's called charismatic megafauna. Uh, sea turtles are charismatic megafauna. Um, if people are slowing down for manatees, that right. can help terrapins because right. – uh, the boat people are going slower. A terrapin has more time to get out of the way of the propeller. We find uh, terrapins with prop injuries um, fairly often. Um, so that's where helping other animals uh, can help maybe in lesser known species as well. So um, this is an unfortunate part of uh, humans mm. coming into the marsh is uh, lots of trash uh, being discarded. Yeah, most of it's in the can, but there's a lot of it. And there's, but there's trash down here. Now, let's go back to what we were talking about uh, a couple minutes ago, subsidized predators. Uh, if I am a feral cat, if I'm a raccoon, if I'm a skunk, I'm none of those things. I'm Jordan. But if I was, <laughs> um, then, uh, then this is a great place to hang out and get food. Right. There's a problem. Terrapins like to come up here, and they actually like to nest in this area. I think we actually found last night, we found a female right by that trash can, and we found a, a nest she had started to dig as well right by that trash can. So if that nest, if she had deposited her eggs into that nest, absolutely, they would have not lasted like a couple days because a raccoon going through that trash, smelling that trash, would have found those eggs, would have absolutely just predated it. Yep. So... So uh, trash is a problem. Let's walk you up so you all can see the uh, creek that the that, that big creek we just showed you, uh, that terrapins live in that creek. And so, like I said, we're talking about 20, 25 feet deep. Um, and the, when the right now the current is it's running fairly slow. I actually like to go swimming in this creek. Um, Note to most people, don't go swimming in this creek. It's actually, uh, where? Or what is that? That's a laughing gull. The it laughing looks gull. like a piping plover, except for everything is different. Okay. It had gray <laughs> on it and white. Um, uh, it, it had gray and white on it. It's like seeing Samuel L. Jackson and being like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted Brad Pitt's in, uh, autograph. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I didn't do a lot of work with them. Okay, with Brad Pitt or Samuel L. Jackson. I've done work with both of them. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, look at that. So that is a tidal creek. Uh, we get loggerhead sea turtles in here. We get green sea turtles. We get sharks of numerous species. We get rays every once in a while. Uh, we get 
me in there, um, <laughs> manatees, and then diamondback terrapins. So uh, even though that looks like a big uh, creek, terrapins love it. Um, it's deep. It's got good current. It's got good food sources. But most, yeah, mostly it's pretty. Because <laughs> nice that's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are very picky about where they, where they so live. So I'll go back. I'm thinking about, like, all of a sudden my iPhone's just going to go into the darn creek. Yeah, interview over. Yeah, so uh, we do get manatees come up. Uh, they overwinter in Florida at some of the spring systems. Um, I'll do a little shout-out real quick to our North American Freshwater Turtle Research Group who actually studies the turtles in most of the springs where manatees overwinter in Florida. And then the, um, uh, the manatees will come up into the Georgia coast uh, during the summertime and they'll come up into these salt marshes and uh, feed on, uh, on a lot of the aquatic vegetation. So cool. uh, for for those who um, aren't familiar with uh, the North American Freshwater Turtle Research Group, they are um, a sub-organization of the Turtle Survival Alliance, and mm -hmm. they mainly um, do long-term monitoring surveys um, around and, and in several places in the country on all species that are in the area. So they're not just focused necessarily on threatened and endangered species, but one of their goals is to help keep common species common. Um, they are uh, one of totally. um, they are one of our partner organizations. Um, back in April, Jordan, Anthony, and I were out in the field with the director of the North American Freshwater Turtle Research Group, um, Eric Muncher, and we were out. Um, we were here in Pennsylvania doing some recon surveys as well. So this is an organization that you'll probably start hearing a lot more of too uh, from us here at the Turtle Room, even. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I think are they are they. Like, just they hate sea turtles, or is that... Well, we don't actually hate sea turtles. <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm with the North American Freshwater Turtle Research Group, and I can tell you, uh, firsthand, we don't hate sea turtles. They just get their... We love them. them um, because they get so much attention. They get so much attention. They have, you know, like, we have our uh, Turtle Survival Alliance meetings in which we get, you know, a couple hundred people uh, to talk about all the taxa of uh, Kilonians. Uh, around the world, and then there's the and then you have just the sea, sea turtle, turtle, and then you have the sea turtle conference that gets like a thousand people. Um, so they're so taken care of, okay? They are. They, and take that from somebody who's worked with sea turtle people. It, it's not hard. We we don't, you know, it's not hard for us to get funding. We still need it, but it's the the little guys need some help too. <laughs> so anyway, what's actually more important is as we do this. I just looking at Amanda, I realize I really should have done my eyebrows. I know my eyebrows are on fleek today. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah. I'm surprised know. you didn't, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I really know how to keep you all on edge. Is he going to do his eyebrows? Is he not? <laughs> I've seen your morning routine. The beard is hey, immaculate. It's, it's, yeah. has the surface where you can see himself. He's like, it's like... Uh, <laughs> It's like uh, Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. <laughs> yes, love yeah. it. Such a good movie. Yeah, movie. yeah. It's you are you, are, but you're different. He's very clean cut in that movie. You you've got a, a rugged look that it's still takes a little bit rugged, hours, but it still At takes first two hours I fly of a toner with little or no alcohol because alcohol dries your skin out and makes you look older. So good. 
And then I do a routine, a vigorous exercise routine. I can do a thousand sit-ups. <laughs> Doesn't say what, how, and how, like if you get a lot of time. I can do. So um, we're going to go, let's get back in the car. We're going to go check out another spot for uh, Terrapin. So this is what's really interesting about the spot we just went to. If you come during the day and look for Terrapins, uh, you probably won't see any. Come here at night, good chance you're going to see some. Um, where we're about to go, you come in the day, and you can oftentimes see a lot of females um, basically periscoping. Oh, an orange kitty. Oh, an orange kitty. <laughs> I bet it's Morris with his little Ewok cut. I love it. Saying jib-jib. Um, so, uh, so now we talk about Ewoks now, I don't even know what we're talking about, but, um, sorry, the sun's behind us right now. Um, it, this other location is, is a good gauge oftentimes, because if I see a lot of females periscoping, um, then I can kind of get a feel for how the next day is going to be nesting-wise. what is periscoping? Says an audience member. Oh, uh, well, that was you, Amanda. Um, <laughs> she, she thinks she's so tricky. Um, yeah. For, so, oh, I thought you were moving over there because there was a car coming, and so she's moving over there because she's nuts. I hate you. Um, yeah. <laughs> because I smell like Fremunda cheese. Nice. Uh, my girlfriend will love that one because that's what she that's what she said. Like when I would come home from the zoo, she'd be like, "Jordan, you smell like Fremunda cheese." <laughs> and be like, "That's actually the smell of a tamandua." I love tamanduas. Um. So let's see. So, whoever made selfie sticks, bless you, child. Bless you, because my arm. I mean, I'm gonna have such. Ripped shoulders after this. I'm not gonna let you carry. I don't trust you, Amanda. Carry on, carry on. Um, what other questions y'all have? I could talk about terrapins for hours. I mean, I could talk. I could not talk about them for hours too. But I, I had a um, a comment from a viewer who told Amanda to stop nervously playing with her hair. Oh, okay. Well, that's Seriously. not nervously playing. That's doing it just to spite that viewer. Yes. <laughs> I think that's probably somebody who knows me, too, because they do yeah. that. But, yeah, <laughs> I, do, I do play with my hair a lot. I have so a lot we're going to get back in, uh, in the my car. vehicle, which uh, naturally is named the Count of Monte Cristo. Of course. <laughs> of course. So, Jordan, what are the, uh, what are the laws in, in Georgia about driving and talking on the cell phone? Just wondering. Oh, we don't have laws in Georgia. <laughs> yeah! That's why I moved here. Just kidding. I think it's it's not an it's not a hands free state, but it's like don't text. At least Jordan time has I saw hit a rock on his way to the like, to the field site. Huh? I said at least Jordan didn't hit a rock on the way to the field site. That's right. Oh, that's true. Hey, we should bring that up. Did you do that in we Pennsylvania? Can. Everybody should know so um, Eric Muncher, um, Steve Enders, Anthony Perlione, nice. uh, <laughs> and myself um, went up uh, into one of the state game lands to survey uh, habitat quality 
and uh, viability for wood turtles and other sympatric species like spotted turtles, painted turtles, snapping turtles, musk turtles. Um, and uh, we get up to all the way to the top of the mountain and then Anthony, who has a car that says, you would never think this is Anthony's car. Um, <laughs> you think that Anthony like should drive like a you know F two fifty that's lifted and stuff? Uh, and, and, yeah. Instead, he drives a car that I, I think I recently saw a smaller smaller model of Toys R Us. Is it hot in here? Um, so. Uh, no, it's a very nice car, and it probably gets great miles to gallon. But, um, <laughs> but well, it didn't that day. But, um, <laughs> so we're so we're getting all the way to the town mountain, and Eric and I are driving behind Steve and Anthony, and we we notice this nice black trail coming from uh, Anthony's car. Um, and at first, we thought that it was a, you know upset stomach. Um, but then we noticed... Which happens, yeah. Yeah, we, we think that it, uh, we were like, ah, that's oil. So uh, we tell Anthony, and he gets out and looks, and there's just oil gushing uh, from beneath his car. Uh, he hit a rock, um, and uh, and it broke his oil. It broke the oil pan, right? Yep, yeah, yeah punctured it. Cracked the oil pan. Yep. And it's cracked just... the oil pan, so Anthony was not able to... Uh, join us to go down the mountain uh instead he had to stay up there uh get triple a to bring a tow truck out the tow truck couldn't even make it up the mountain so yeah. had to bring the car down there's anthony's oil oh thanks man oh yeah. man that is oh, so that, that a nice name of a company is anthony's oil anthony's oil <laughs> <I'm sure it laughs> yeah. yep and, uh, you know, the, the saddest part about it is I was so proud of my driving skills. I was, like, uh, missing a lot of bumps and really maneuvering and punching the gas at the right time to get we up all, these really we tough hills. We were all proud of your driving skills. Yeah. Um, my wife wasn't, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I haven't seen somebody drive a car like that since a six-year-old with a Barbie car. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, so we are uh, We're getting to... The back, no, this is not the back river. This is the North Channel. Um, so this is a good spot. This is right by Fort Pulaski National Monument. Um, and uh, it's really interesting. If you walk around Fort Pulaski, there's a drawing from the mid-1800s that one of the soldiers who had helped build it um, drew of a diamondback terrapin. Wow, um, oh, cool. So I'm looking out here now. It's nice. You can see this nice silvery, glassy water. There's a lot of fiddler crabs, exclaims Amanda. Um, <laughs> it's it was, it was more like a high-pitched shriek. But, um, find a turtle, Amanda. Find a turtle. Yeah, find a turtle, Amanda. They're part of a clam or an They said turtle. Um, <laughs> So this is a good spot to see them spy hopping. I don't or spy hopping. That's a whale. No, I do. There, it's turtles now. But um, so periscoping. I don't see any here right now. Um, that doesn't mean they won't come out tonight. I definitely think they'll come out tonight with this rain and with this spring tide. There's a chance that they've actually already moved up into the marsh, 
and so that they're uh, they're checking out the their potential nesting areas from there. Um, so one of the things that's amazing about terrapins is their swimming ability because mm -hmm. we have a large tidal amplitude in coastal Georgia. Um, we'll get like tonight, we're going to have a, a, a large tidal swing. You're going to go from a negative low tide and about negative 1.1, 1.2 all the way up to uh, plus about 9.5 feet tonight. That's amazing. That's like just unheard of. Yeah. Uh, that's unheard of. It's not um, unheard of. It's not unheard of. That's a good word. Because I just told you. Um, <laughs> we all heard it. <laughs> we, we've all we heard it, Amanda. <laughs> we don't trust you anymore. With your Komodo dragon shirt and lies. So dramatic. Uh, she should get a Fiddler Crab shirt. Oh, she I should, know. yeah. Yeah. Um, Continue. Fiddler I'm so crab sorry. with the word keystone species. <laughs> um, but um, I'm I'm just I'm just joshing. I'm a young pup trying to learn. She, yeah, she's learning. No, she's learning. Um, <laughs> so good. So uh, so okay. these terrapins can deal with these large tidal amplitudes. Um, what they do a lot of times. Hello. Oh, God, what are you guys doing? We're doing a live uh, a cast. We are uh, turtle. Uh, researchers and um, some may say experts. Um, I would. But uh, this is a young lady from the news station WTOC Channel 11. Nice. WTOC a few times. Um, but either way, uh, she's a big Terrapin fanatic. I can tell just looking at her. Um, Has she seen any tonight? Have you seen any Terrapins tonight? No, I literally just got out here. It was oh. kind of more so to check the, the tides and stuff because there's oh, okay. some flooding this evening. It's gonna be, we're going to be out here looking for turtles tonight. Really? We should turn you this to with me. We often put our life on the line for turtles. What, what time do you guys yeah. do that? Uh, when the sun goes down. <laughs> Basically, once this spring tide comes up and the sun goes down, we'll go over to like Lazaro to boat ramp mm -hmm. looking for female dimeback terrapins. We just, out on the causeway, collected 21 carcasses from today of, uh, nice. of back terrapins who have been hit by cars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so nice job. Higher tides, are they come out more? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. so during the... Um, so we're doing a live feed and we're talking to a uh, news reporter yeah, at the same time. I love time. it. I love it. Gosh, I feel like such a... like a hussy. Um, so... You're all good. Come on, Amanda. Come on, man. So we're all being this shot. What's your name, by the way? Gigi. She's Gigi. Yeah, All right. What a beautiful name. Um, so uh, the terrapins do come out more so in these spring tides. And Dimeback terrapins have been hit on this causeway for decades and decades. Um, part of the plan to uh, raise some areas of the road five years from now uh, will hopefully include uh, mitigative uh, um, actions, uh, impl implementation measures. I like that. I like that word, measures, um, to uh, to keep terrapins from entering the road. Because um, okay. what happens is the females come up to nest. They cross the road just looking for a good nesting site, and they and get these hit tides by cars. And the rain and everything will, will really increase that number significantly. Oh wow! Yeah, I would have never. Because they're, they're chasing it. that would be I an know. aspect that right. they're small. They're you know they're about eight inches. Oh, 
Um, so that's why a lot of people just don't see them. Right. And you know how it is here. There's not, there's, uh, it's only two lanes in a lot of the places. You have a line of beach traffic. It's normally not the first car that hits them, not even the second car. Third or fourth car, that's what hits them. And then after that, they're immobile, and then all the cars after that, unfortunately, Aww. hit them. So it's a really actually tragic situation out here because uh, it's a catch-22. Uh, the road was built on higher ground. Dredge spoils brought in to build up the road years ago. The road was put in. Uh, the road has shoulders. Dimeback terrapins are attracted to the shoulders of the road to nest. Unfortunately, then they also basically uh, meet their end on the road oh, as well. People have to be safe, so it's right. not always, you know, the the option that you can have to swerve the right. turtle. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's just one lane going one way and the other lane going the other way. So we see a lot less road mortality on those wider know um roadways where there are two lanes where somebody has the option to okay. to, to go into the other lane and and avoid that turtle so yeah, yeah i don't know much about turtles are they kind of popular in this area or other parts of savannah they are, they really yeah they here? actually are only found on the coast so diamondback okay. terrapins are unique because they are the only uh you could say freshwater species but they live okay. in brackish water and so they live right on the coast they're not a sea turtle they're more closely okay. related to you know your other uh, other turtles that you'll see out in ponds, like more inland. Not quite box turtles, more closely related maybe to map turtles or okay. to painted turtles. You know when you're driving along Truman Parkway down that gutter, you see all the turtles in yeah. there? More related to those okay. kind of things. Exactly. And so oh, they wow. are a very unique species, and they're found from Cape Cod all the way down to Corpus Christi, Texas. So. Oh, wow. But the, here in Georgia, they're a species of concern, and that has a lot to do with the fact that tourists are coming through and hitting right. them on the road so much that they are pretty vulnerable to that they are pretty unique and uh and yeah we have them only here in uh in savannah and the coastal areas and then you go further into you know of course you know, the atlanta area and stuff you wouldn't see anything like right. that so oh wow yeah yeah salinity is is the factor so you could say uh salinity wise that highway 17 mm -hmm. would be the uppermost limit of those tidal okay. areas for them to go oh wow for all the viewers, they're like, we have no idea what Highway 17 <laughs> is, Jordan. Thank you so no, much for hearing us out. You guys are just going to be here tonight, or will you be out here other days as the storm is coming through? Uh, I'll be out here pretty regularly, yeah. Tonight and other days, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a car? Um, I'll, 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 yeah. I'll give you... In we'll give you Amanda's card. I don't have my card on me. Okay. What a you moron. Know, I, number I usually cover the <laughs> news, but I think this is an interesting aspect. Okay, well, South Carolina stuff. doesn't really have news, and that's why you come here. Yeah, we have. I mean, we have. We have the watermelon crawl. We have the Coca-Cola <laughs> Company. Uh, we have the uh, Catfish Festival, and oh, we have yeah. Dimeback Terrapins. George is only known for those things. And the country singer Tracy Bird. <laughs> If you're going down Georgia round, bet you lie. What's your number? All right, so my number, so now everybody live can get <laughs> Oh, no, don't do that. Okay, don't Rich. Do that. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony. Don't do that. He's too intelligent and handsome. His wife already complained enough about him doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's foiled my plan. So what are the, the lake you guys usually go when 
the sun sets. What's the earliest? You guys go before the sun rises? Or is yeah, it they will come out and like there's day okay. nesters and there's night nesters. So some turtles will be more active during the day or in the early oh, mornings. Wow. And then some will only come out at night. So it really depends. But I'd say here is usually all day. Show with Jody. Oh, we used okay. to come on with Sunny and stuff and bring turtles. Okay. Oh wow! But I think this is an interesting aspect for a story. Yeah, because this, this, like I wait for this the. This is rain. how you do it. Um, yes, it sure is. <laughs> uh, you so know, good. If, it's, if it's a, a completely clear night, even during turtle nesting season, mm -hmm. I won't even bother coming out here. But if I see on the radar that a storm is coming, uh, storm's coming. <laughs> um, I just want to do that. <laughs> I've all, I've waited for this moment for so long. <laughs> Like, that's two Christian bales in one night. Oh, that's so good. He is obviously my hetero man crush. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's great. So, Top 80. Uh, um, so, yeah, if, if I see a storm coming, that's when I know to come out and look for terrapins. And I've been out here in, like, just insane gale force winds and pelting oh, rains. Wow. Like, there will be there will be a hurricane coming through or tornado yeah. warnings. Yeah. And yeah. I will Everybody be out here. Just kind of like with a terrapin in my hand, like blowing in the wind, like Plaxico Burris winning the Super Bowl. Except for I get no money because I'm a zoologist. Um, true. Uh, but then true. again, Plaxico Burris, I mean, I don't, I don't shoot my gun in a club. Exactly. Um, this is how you educate the public. All right. So, uh, so what you're hearing there is a marsh wren. Oh, marsh okay. wrens live in the Spartana Alterniflora. Okay. Uh, it kind of sounds like a weasel. I'm not making right? this up, people. So it's, it's a, it's it's a yeah, it's a marsh wren, and those males are extremely pol polygamous, um, and so they will they will choose a certain height, and they will call out for females, and they'll have up to 12 different females in their oh, little wow. harem. <laughs> sounds like my best I friend. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, you're gonna make a seasick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're making us seasick, Amanda. Oh, sorry. I'm the worst. I'm sorry. As well as the word earlier. Mention the turtle. Okay. See you later, Gigi. Good to meet you. Uh, if you see Jody, tell him that Jordan says hi. Okay. I, yeah. I really ever seen it. They brought it when I came last year. There, uh, somebody actually brought a box turtle to the office, and so I, I took it. And they gave me where it was generally found, so mm -hmm. I went onto like Google Earth and looked up and was able to find exactly where it came from and when to put it back. That's awesome. Oh wow. Yeah. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. <laughs> I know, right? Gosh. Oh, Thanks a lot, that. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's one of the jobs of the of the ecologist is to educate the public. And I don't yeah. Oh um And looks like we've got a technical difficulty for right now. Hopefully we'll have them back uh, with us soon. This one's kind of taking a little while. People um, get stranded. They get lost. You go out on a, a spring tide at night oh, with did. a boat. Okay, so there's a Dimeback Terrapin right out there. It's going to be very difficult to see. Do you all see that patch of grass in the water? Yep, we can okay. see that. There was a little, there was a Dimeback Terrapin head right behind it. Um, Are you going swimming, Jordan? 
Um, I'm actually not going swimming. Even though my underwear is already soaked enough. That's what I was going to say. It's not swimming until your underwear gets wet. Yeah. And by underwear, I mean something else. <laughs> your bathing I don't, I don't know. Oh, well, hey, uh, there it is. So it just popped up by the bridge. It's going to be hard to see through this feed. Yeah. Um, either way, it's a, a female Dimeback Terrapin probably doing a little scoping out for nesting sites. Mm -hmm. uh, so that means I will come back here later tonight and look for her. Um, that turtle was found by Amanda Sargent, by the way. Spotted. Nice. So. Yeah, that was spotted by Amanda. It's one so for the turtle room. What? Yeah, yeah. No, we had this thing when we went out in the field with Jordan and Eric before. Steve and I did absolutely atrocious as far as spotting, locating um, animals. So, yeah, so, so this is really term. good for us. This is really good for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan, how many turtles <laughs> have you found so far? Uh, probably tonight. I found zero tonight last night a lot. <laughs> that doesn't matter. You know, I'm this not into crazy. taking numbers. I'm I'm into what's best for the turtles. Amanda over here, <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, Amanda just cares about big, smelly, sheep and onion, odorous an lizards. And finding one darn terrapin, even though there's like a, a million out here. <laughs> so how are we doing on time, and are there any questions? I, do we have questions, Steve? Um, no. We have no viewer questions. We have no viewer questions, uh, which kind of bums me out. We tried to give everybody a chance. I've checked Facebook, I've checked Instagram, I've checked YouTube, and I've checked Google+, and my email... And, and nobody. Uh, Steve, have you uh, checked your Tinder account? <laughs> I don't have one of those, nor have I ever had one of those. Oh, okay. So good. So good. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, so there's the Dimeback Terrapin again. She just went under. Oh, wait, I found her. Amanda didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can refine the same turtle. I did like, have another question. I had someone that I know ask me to, if I could get Jordan to autograph a picture of himself for them. I swear to God, I'm not even making that up. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I but I just... It was Anthony. It was Anthony. It was somebody I know when I talk to them in the mirror every morning when I brush my teeth. No, I do so there's the terrapin again. All right. Oh, for two. It's going to be very difficult pictures. to see. If it comes in close, I'm still not jumping in because uh, right below us uh, is, is um, granite and... Oh, so this is two turtles. So yeah. we have two... Female and terrapins. Oh man, Amanda spotted both of them. She's finally good for something. Um, and uh, no, so we have uh, concrete. Where'd you go? Um, we have concrete and we have granite um, revetment mm -hmm. down here at the buttress jungle. of the um, bridge. So this is definitely not an area at high, at high tide. You're like, oh, I'll just jump in there after this turtle. This is a horrid idea. When you see this at low tide, it drops down about nine feet, oh. and it's all concrete yeah. and uh, granite rock. Ow, that hurts just. So there's out. the there's the female. <laughs> it's gonna be very. Let me try. Oh, she went down. But let me try to. Can we zoom? Is it no? It's not possible to zoom. But it's hard. It really is hard. It's kind of an art of training your eye to spot them when they are. Um, I see another one way out there. Oh look, I found one. See that tiny oh. little. Head right up there. Yeah, I just saw it go down. Well, <laughs> no, that's two. 
because I refound your terrapin because you lost it. That counts as um, true. Because you lost it. Um, uh, but it is really hard to spot them. You really have to kind of train your eye what's to... What's that sound? Oh, that's someone's car listening to some horrible music. You have to train your eye to differentiate ripples from the terrapin heads, and you have to kind of know what they look like. But when we do see them, it's usually they, their characteristic little beak, their little lips, that they look they look like lips. They're not actual lips. Um, everybody who ever sees my terrapins when I bring them up says, it looks like they're wearing lipstick. It's, it's like the everything. And, um, and so you see that little, like, characteristic white face, and you just know it's right. like a terrapin looking out and so what they're doing when they're periscoping when they're taking their head out of the water is they're actually doing the same thing that whales do when they spy hop they're looking around and getting a spatial idea of where they are and and what's around them which is really cool a lot of uh of ocean dwelling air breathers do that um even even uh some sharks will will do stuff like that um but they try to kind of see where they're going what they're doing mm -hmm. and uh sea turtles do it and um, so we get to see them kind of poking their heads out and looking around, which is really cool. And they're super hard to catch underwater, aren't they? No, not for me. Um, so uh, they actually, they're, they're quite difficult to catch. They swim very fast. Like we were talking about these tidal fluxes. Uh, when that water starts coming in high tide, it is a strong current. These turtles can just swim against it. Um, it's, it's pretty impressive stuff. And one thing I'll bring up, um, since we're talking about Dimeback Terrapins, is um, the extreme amount of polymorphism. Amanda and I were talking about this earlier. Um, a lot of people confuse the subspecies um, because you will get individuals throughout the subspecies that look like they're from other areas. Now, some people will go the easy route and just say, oh, they're all mixed during the heyday. There was some mixing. We know that. Um, I still, and we know that in some areas, and I stress the word some, uh, they were, some were dumped off or got out of pens. Now, did some person take Dimeback Terrapins and go to every single spot of marsh along a coastline that's about 3,000 miles. Yeah, just spreading them like grass seed. Uh, I don't think so. Um, unless somebody just, they, you know, maybe the Works Progress Administration, they're like, well, we built enough dams. Why don't you all just go spread turtles? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but either way, uh, so I refute that idea. I think they were dumped in some areas. Or they escaped. Or they escaped. Because um, there was massive terrapin farms. Now, uh, we know that Texas Dimeback Terrapins, Malclemmy's Terrapin Littoralis, uh, was, she has one. I'm going to take it her from her. Her name is Phoenix. Oh, it's Phoenix. Where'd you get that turtle? I got her from, she came in actually with a shipment to my work, and terrapins were illegal there. And I was like, oh, hell oh, no, okay. you ain't taking this. Uh, this is mine. And, um, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And um, it was a while ago, and she was like smooth and old and in terrible oh, wow. condition. And I was like, this is mine. So. And I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it and be like, that's just a northern Dimeback it's terrapin. It's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So so Texas Dimeback terrapins we know were um, um, uh, bred with Carolina Dimeback terrapins at the Beaufort, North Carolina um, uh, 
United States uh, Fisheries um, site. Uh, they per they brought in nine female littoralis to breed with uh, the male centrata there. Um, we we know that there is one spot in North Carolina that is documented as having some of the progeny released. Uh, progeny, that's such a cool word. Yeah, <laughs> um, but we don't we don't actually know one how many survived. You don't know what the population was there that the animals were put into. Uh, there's another terrapin. Yeah. Oh, look, I found another one. Yeah. Um, oh, I see it. There's so, so the thing is, uh, how much genetic impact did they that have? If okay, put it this way: if ten terrapins are dumped into a population of a couple hundred thousand, their gen their genetics are not going to have a major impact, mm -hmm. um, and mo and it's gonna they're going to be bred out pretty quickly. Uh, you see this with other animals um, uh, where a species will come in and they'll hybridize with the native species and breed them out quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, if there was only, if you release 10 Texas diamondback terrapins into a population of 10 centratas, then, then yeah, uh, that, that original population experienced a bottleneck and it's going to have a significant genetic impact. So without knowing the population sizes of where terrapins may have been released, you can't actually say that it had much of an impact on their morphology, on their phenotype. Um, uh, and now, you know, now we're talking about decades and decades later. So uh, do I think terrapins were dumped in some areas? Yeah, absolutely I do. Uh, do I think that all the polymorphism that you see is due to that? Due to that? No, I don't. Yeah. Um, the original uh, the original, um, Oh, another terrapin. So we're tied. Oh, there we go. I already counted yeah. that one in no, my head. Didn't. It was in my head. I don't need to tell you everything. Uh, and there, yeah, there's that other one. No. So we do have some females who are scouting the shoreline, which means I'm definitely coming back here after nightfall. Uh, Amanda says she needs to leave cause she has to do stuff at home. Um, oh. and, uh, yeah, right. Um, we, so, uh, what was I even talking about? So, uh, so, so the genetics. So, so the polymorphism. <laughs> so, um, the original description of uh, Malaclemys terrapin was based off uh, northern diamondback, so Malaclemys terrapin terrapin, uh, by a German researcher back in the uh, uh, early 1800s, I believe it was, or maybe even late 17s. Uh, we can check that out. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we don't celebrate it like Columbus Day. It sucks. Um, but uh, either way, he originally described the extreme amount of polymorphism seen in a single population before, before they were ever uh, a. Yeah, that's the so same. I, no, I know. That's the same four, one, Amanda. Four for the thrill room. Woo! <laughs> All right. So we uh, should probably start wrapping up. But okay. we do have another question. Um, okay. Have you found any injured diamondback terrapins uh, that haven't been killed, just injured, that you'd, you'll be helping? I'm going to switch to my right arm because I'm getting so tired on my left. Hold it. Actually, I can't. Yeah, no, bad idea. Really sick. Um, so in the last couple days, no. Uh, we were able to get one terrapin. Uh, well, excuse me, we didn't. Chantel O'Dron of the Tybee Island Marine Science Center was able to get one diamondback terrapin. Um, who 
had to be euthanized, but she was able to extract her eggs, so she was injured, need to be euthanized. Uh, we typically do each year get uh, a couple terrapins that have been injured uh, and then can uh, have work done on their shells or any internal injuries. Um, we have those uh, complicated procedures or extensive procedures done by Dr. Terry Norton at the Georgia Sea Turtle Center, or uh, who, by the way, is also a veterinarian for the Turtle Survival Center uh, in South Carolina. Um, and then, uh, or Dr. Leslie Mailer of the Olin Island Wildlife Center. Uh, both are uh, well-trained um, in their field um, and very knowledgeable of the uh, uh, Kilonian physiology and uh, morphology. And so we, um, oh, I hear an echo. I hear myself. Um, but, um, but we do, yes, we do get injured animals. Um, sometimes those injured animals can go back into the wild. Sometimes they can't. Typically the ones that can't uh, were hit uh, on the head or they had a, uh, they were hit um, right on their uh, first and second vertebral scoots, uh, which uh, fractured their spine. Um, and so a lot of times those particular animals have neurologic damage um, and eventually uh, have to be euthanized in, in most cases because they're not able to ever regain uh, normal function. One of the things that I think is great about the terrapins and about what you're able to do is that occasionally you either have a DOR or dead on the road terrapin or something that is significantly injured. Um, and although, like he was saying this morning, although these terrapins may not be able to be saved, you can uh, take the eggs and those eggs can be saved. And so um, I think you were saying in the first 24 hours, it's okay for you to take those eggs and you can you can roll them. Yeah, you can, can manipulate them. Right, and so, a lot of people know with reptile eggs, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. that like sometimes with there's certain species, you can't roll those eggs at all. You have to be super careful or you'll detach that animal from its yolk. And, um, and so, you know, in that first 24 hours, you can save those eggs and you can incubate them and at least have those eggs still make it, which is great. Yeah. Um, if we get if we get eggs out of a, a, a female who has died, or we're able to induce her with oxytocin and calcium, um, when you handle those eggs when they first come out, reptile eggs. Uh, in, I mean, in general, the the blastula is not going to adhere to the top of the eggshell and begin its growth uh, for several hours. Uh, so, you know, sometimes 24, sometimes 48 hours. So the egg can be manipulated. Um, if it came right out of a healthy female uh, through uh, a laying process induced by oxytocin, uh, then normally we won't wash those eggs. However, if it came out of a female that has been injured um, and has had some of her oviduct uh, membrane um, uh, damaged so that blood or uh, yolk from other eggs uh, comes in contact with the good eggs, uh, we will wash them in a uh, diluted chlorine uh, wash. Um, and they can actually, the eggs, most people don't even realize, you can just submerge the eggs for several minutes just under the water in chlorine, in the uh, dilute chlorine wash, uh, and then take them out and actually just wash them under warm water. Um, and, uh, and then it, it, it's, they're much more uh, sanitary going into the incubation chamber 
uh, and they're going to invite uh, less uh, fungus or bacteria uh, that could uh, damage the eggs. One more question, uh, from yeah. a, another from a viewer. What is the average clutch size for the uh, Diamondbacks down in Georgia? From Georgia, it's between seven to eight eggs. Um, my research in the mid-2000s uh, came up with an average clutch size of 7.7. She just said there's a terrapin. I know it's the same terrapin. I know that <laughs> instinctively. Okay. I think her nose had like a spot on it that the other one didn't have. Oh, a spot, right? <laughs> yeah, because it is just it's 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 blowing it's it's blowing its nose. That's just snot. Um, so um, so yeah. So actually, my phone's uh, has doesn't have a lot of battery left. But either way, so seven to eight eggs here in Georgia. Um, you go all the way up north to uh, New York, uh, Massachusetts. You're talking about clutches in the 20s. Um, uh, there's a clutch documented uh, a few years ago out of uh, Russ Burke's uh, uh, study site that had 26 eggs in one clutch, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, the wow. eggs are a lot smaller when they're in a clutch size that big. They are. They they are, and they're a lot rounder in those. I mean, they're still that 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 um that that the shape, elliptical the elliptical shape but yeah the ones that i was familiar with working with the massachusetts even 12 was an average 12 13 eggs you know mm -hmm. well, nine is, is very common but yeah me, definitely much higher than we have here mm -hmm. i guess they're probably i mean are they bigger? and they'll and the and also typically the ones down here will double clutch whereas northern's oftentimes triple clutch mm -hmm. well very interesting yeah. so the northern yeah uh, now a lot of that is also due to the fact that uh, with the northerns, they have a, a much shorter uh, period for the, the hatchlings to get acclimated before winter comes. So it's basically try to put out as many hatchlings as possible. Um, high mortality, high hatchling mortality rate. Yeah. Down here, it's a much longer growing season. We re I mean, our winters are pretty pathetic. Um, yeah, mild's another we word had a for huge it. Die like on the, the winter that we had. Um, not this last winter, but the winter before that, we had a massive die-off when the winter, um, when the turbines started waking up, they were washing up dead everywhere, and we think it was yeah. kind of a really bad winter. Mm -hmm. So. And you're talking about in the northeast, Amanda, right? The northeast. Yes, yeah, that yeah, was in up in. Uh, in Cape Cod. Right. Okay. There was also one Long in Long Island. There's the Island. yeah. There's yep. the episode in Long Island. Yeah. Right. I remember reading about that. Pretty rough season up in the. Basically, northeast. it's summertime sadness. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I want to I want to wrap us up and bring us home here. Okay. Um, first of all, thank you, and I also want to just give a disclaimer for our, our um, viewers and listeners that um, when you're out in the field, it takes a long time. There are a lot of hours spent. Um, you're spending a full day out there looking mm -hmm. in different places, going from spot to spot, depending on what the weather is, what time of day is, all of that sort of stuff. What time what what time of year it is. Um, so we. You know, we're hoping maybe that you guys would find a nesting female or something like that. But um, so I'm going to ask that you guys promise me that you will send me a clip of a diamondback female nesting so that I can put it on the Turtle Room YouTube. Yes, we have we have lots of it. Yeah, but yeah, I'll just add on to that really quick. That is the nature of working with animals is that they are right. unpredictable. So you could spend hours out in the field and see nothing. 
or you could have an awesome day and see the most amazing spectacle you'll ever see in your life. But yeah, it's everybody, if you love animals and you want to work with animals when you grow up, that's one thing you definitely have to be willing right. to accept is that it's it's going to definitely, you're going to have I've to had a lot right. of nights out here yeah. with nothing. A lot of right. being skunks. Nights and nights saying? and nights. We were skunks. We were Paying skunks. your dues. Yeah. yeah. Paying your dues. <laughs> yeah. You need those but nights. I think tonight should be a good night. So if I find some, since... Once again, Amanda's taking off because she doesn't like turtles. I hate um, <laughs> then, uh, then I'll I will get some video. And I have some yeah. awesome video of some terrapins nesting today that we. Oh yeah, today. Got, so, uh, yeah, yeah Great. you'll have some for sure. Awesome, what. awesome. Well, thank you both again so much. Your knowledge you. is amazing. It's immense, and we're so grateful for uh, you taking the time and working your shoulders, Jordan. Yes, for, uh, good they're job. gonna. Honestly, I mean, I'm going to look like Gerard Butler not in uh, 300. You guys are almost like, is he about to say Jared Sajkowski? And no, uh, Gerard Butler. I always still call him Gerard because it's spelled Yeah, because like that's that. how it's spelled. Yeah. I mean, if my name had a, a an N on the front, you wouldn't call me Norton. <laughs> right? You'd call me Jordan. Oh, wait, no, you would call me Norton because that's how it's spelled. <laughs> The worst. Oh, oh. Or like well, a P, because like sometimes random. Yeah, like Pjordan. Like Sudemis, Pjordan. Yeah, oh. or you don't call Kilonians Chelonians. Yes, yeah. That's you might. No, you might. you might, and then. And then you're you'd wrong. Be wrong. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna put you in a headlock. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank Ladies you. and gentlemen, right, thank, hey, that's thank you for great. joining us out here. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go jump on those rocks. Um. And Amanda's going to hit the road and drive back to Hotlanta. Yeah. Go work in the Coca-Cola factory. That's not where I'm going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> see you later. Just going All right, to guys, see you later. All right. Thanks again for joining us, Jordan. Uh, I guarantee you we'll probably see more of him on the podcast in the future. For uh, Amanda Sargent and Anthony Pierleone, I'm Steve Enders. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, the podcast, product of the Turtle Room. Good night. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.